Slack. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Over the Bridge Podcast. As you know, um, our thing is like we're four black and mixed race graduates from Cambridge, just talking about life before, during, and after the bridge. Um, today's kind of a kind of a sad one, like this is the end of season, and for us, like it's been a good good two seasons so far. But why don't we just introduce ourselves and say who we've got in the room with us today? Chatty Patty in the building. Back in full effect, what's good, everyone? <laughs> I love that's a full effect. You know? <laughs> I'm in a funny music. So, Will today. Smith line, you know? I can tell back in full effect. You're goofy today, today. <laughs> like. <laughs> Isn't that the Will Smith line? Your prince is in full effect. Yeah, man. Some, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, P Money, Prince. What's good, everyone? Hello. P Gennaro. Yo, what's going on, Quirk in the building? Yeah, what's going on, man? Uh, Uncle Kwame, Tommy Dyer, Tom, all of the above. All of the above. And my name's Bilal, and we're also joined by our special guest for the end of this season. As you know, as you've been following us along, we've done two episodes on Black Excellence so far. First one with Baker, second one with Stormzy himself. And today we're so, so lucky to be joined by Chelsea, none other than Chelsea, co-author of a book that's coming up. But she's going to tell you all about that. Chelsea, say hello. Hello. Um, yeah, my name is Chelsea Kwachi. Um, I graduated from Cambridge this year, bang, fresh, bang. fresh off the boat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to be co-authoring a book called Taking Up Space with my best friend, Aura. And that's basically going to be about the university experience and what it was like to be a black girl at Cambridge University. Wow. So you were destined to appear on this podcast because that's basically what we... Yeah, so like <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Definitely, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we're so yeah. glad to have you on, man. Um, yeah. I think that's why I'm so excited today because I think this will be a good episode. I was wondering why you're in such a silly mood. Yeah, man. man. Um, this is also a funny one because like, this is the first time I've sat next to you on this podcast. Yeah, you just feel the energy. Just yeah, and I'm so used to you like fighting me from the other side of the room. <laughs> now you're like here. No, it's all love today, man. It's I'm all not, love. not going to be combative today. Combative? No, it's combative. We've done um, this Anyway, anyway um, Chelsea, it'd be so good to hear from you like a little bit more about your experience. So mm-hmm. sort of tell us like... Life before Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. Where did you grow up? Like, yeah. Yeah, where are you from? So I'm from Chinkford. Brap, brap. Yes. Um, Ends. And yeah, we were having a conversation about this, actually. So I went to Chinkford Foundation School, which was the same school as Harry Kane, David Beckham, Dwight Gell, Chelsea Kwachi. Amongst good company. And yeah, my journey to Cambridge was a, it was an interesting one. I didn't actually want to go. I didn't want to apply and I had this history teacher who kind of really encouraged me to apply. Mm. He just thought, you know, you've got the potential to go to a really good university. Mm. Um, but yeah, I had to literally be dragged through the process, mm. like kicking and screaming. I did not want to do it. I wanted to stay in London, go to LSE, UCL. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that was mainly my journey. So when I got to Cambridge, I already felt out of place because mm. I, I didn't really want want to be there in the first place so it was a kind of a whole journey of discovery throughout the whole three years mm-hmm. but that's where I'm coming from wow mm. so you got dragged to Cambridge kicking and screaming yep so how, how, did, <laughs> how, did, you, how yeah. did they convince you yeah then? like because yeah. was it so we had this one teacher who went to um he did his, he did his undergrad at Cambridge mm. and his postgrad at Oxford and he was like the beacon of all knowledge. Mm. So, you know, I think for most people, you might have like a couple of teachers that you can go to, get mock interviews. I just had this one guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just kind of breaking it down for me. You know, if you want to study history, Cambridge is the best place to do history. Um, you'll have these options. It's 
Cambridge in comparison to all of these universities. Mm. Like this is what you can really gain from the experience. Mm. Um, and I think that in the end, it was just kind of, well, yeah, why not? Mm. If I've got the grades to be able to do something like this, then I should just go for it. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was the plan really. Mm. That's, That's cool. so cool. That's so similar to like, I guess what I was saying, kind of like me, because mm. I didn't want to go. Nah, we've all had like really different, well, yeah. quite different experiences because yeah. some of us is where we knew that we wanted to apply mm. and it was more so the case of us kind of fighting against uh, kind of lack of belief from people, you know, like Around teachers us. and, mm. yeah. you know, peers. Mm. And then for, for me, for instance, my um, experience very similar to Chelsea's as far as like, I did not really want to go into to Cambridge. Mm. I didn't even... Yeah. And that's obviously because of my own hang-ups and like perspective of what, you know, what it'll be like. But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. But I, it's, it's interesting as well that you actually had a teacher that was really pushing for you to. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. That's a bit I feel like rare, a, I a lot of people have that one teacher that believes in you though, right? Well, I don't you know. like to think that. No, I yeah. think maybe so. not. Maybe I'm I've just heard stories too. of people who are literally like, my teachers didn't like me. Like none of my teachers yeah. wanted me to do anything with my life. Well, yeah, I mean, like at my school, I had one or two teachers that did sort of believe in me, but the majority of my 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 teachers, they were just like, yeah, they didn't really, like when I said I wanted to apply for Cambridge, mm -hmm. a lot of my peers laughed at me and I'm pretty sure some of the teachers laughed at me as well. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I had this one uh, English teacher in secondary school. Mm -hmm. Her name was Miss Rowe, um, Jamaican woman, lovely. And she said to me one day, like, I need to teach you how to read and write. Well, I wasn't dumb, but I was an average student in school. She said, mm. I need to teach you how to read and write. So she used to force me to come to her classroom mm. for lunch and sometimes after school. She said, write this, read this, write this, wow, read this. Wow, that's great, man. And she, yeah, man, I love her to bits, man. I love her to bits. And so, also, because she has a, she's got a, a she has a son who's yeah. much younger, but she's like, you remind me of my son in terms of oh, okay. the way he right. thinks is like the way you think. Yeah. So it was almost, I don't know if she was experimenting with me to see yeah. how it worked with her son, yeah. but yeah. still she motivated me still a lot. There are other teachers as well, but her in particular, I remember saying, you will learn to write and you will learn to read and da-da-da-da-da. Mm. So cool. thank God. Mm. It's like the power of a good teacher, man. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. Or just someone that's willing to invest that time and yeah, belief man. into yeah. you. Yeah. Did you guys have black teachers? Nope. I had, I had a guy that was like, Black, but he was like from Ecuador, so he was like mixed indigenous mm. and black. Yeah. That's the closest I ever. No, I had, I had, I had, I had a no couple of black teachers. Like really? the whole science block, most of it was black. Is um, it? Yeah, same with me yeah, as well. Man. Really? Science oh. block science science in London. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a black, yeah, black math teacher, black English teacher. Yeah. Um, in graphics, um, most of them were black. So yeah, I had, I had a lot. When I went to sixth form, it was slightly different. But even there was one. There's one Ghanaian teacher who never taught me, but he looked out for me still. He was a really, really nice guy. And I remember it came to the time when we were doing personal statements. And there's usually one teacher that does it for you. I got given my history teacher. He was a, he passed away, Mr. Short, but he was a really safe guy. I remember one time he taught us about Biafra and stuff like that. He was very, he's very safe. He went to Oxford as well, said you can do it. Yeah. But my mum was like, hey, if you get this, this Ghanaian teacher, let me go chat to him so he can give you a good word. Gonna, you know, do this. So yeah, but he was cool. So I've always seen black teachers around in it and especially that when I left school 
one of the, the secondary school this is, one of the teachers that was in science, she actually became the head teacher. Mm. So uh, Miss Jibana, that was her name. And she used to pull children by the ear, like old school, when it ain't Whoa. allowed. Mm. She used to pull them and be like, no, you're going to apologize to this. And people would allow it as well because she'd, like, um, she'd call know, like, the parents. You dated her out. Yeah. No, 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 but she knows, isn't it? No, but she knows. She knows. Like, it's nothing. And she'd tell the parents. So well, she wouldn't hide it. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, yeah, I pulled, She loses I pulled, her, her job just, now, you know. She's not going to lose her job. She's left now. Same, she's retired. She's retired now. I had a Nigerian teacher, right? Tough love. Tough love, bro. Because my school was like 80% Nigerian, right? My primary school. So like she'd fully just twist someone's like she twisted my ear one time and like she would just like go in on the kids, but the parents were so calm with it. Mm-hmm. There's like the under there was that understanding, like, yeah, 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 yeah. she's Nigerian. That tough she, love, you know what? Man. That's it. Mm. Chelsea, I wanna ask though, because mm. you said I really didn't want to go. Yeah. Like why? Again, I think no one looked like me, mm-hmm. one, and I didn't know anyone who had been before. Mm-hmm. So again, um Did you go on an open day? Didn't go to an open day. Mm. Like that's how detached I was from- So you had no idea what it was gonna be like? I had no idea. And that's the thing, I think part, I'm partly to blame in the fact that I, because I I honestly couldn't even see myself there. I just didn't entertain the idea Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I didn't go to an open day. Um, I, yeah, didn't have like any kind of understanding of Oxbridge, the collegiate system, anything like that. So. I was just kind of going off a whim, mm. knowing that I wasn't going to get in. Did you do an open application or did you no, just apply no, to so college? No, no, I applied to Homerton College. Okay. Um, oh, you're in Homerton, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I went there as well still. So. Homerton's like the um, Croydon of yeah. Cambridge, bro. Yeah. No, it's, well, it's, it's a lot of... There's a nice mix there, you get me? There's a nice... Croydon of Cambridge. I'm taking a bus. I'm taking a bus down there. No, but they've... Homerton has said I walked everywhere else, but I took the bus Yeah. Yeah, but we got we got Nando's and we got Nando's close to us. They've even got their own cinema down there. That's what I'm saying. bowling alley. The Croydon of Cambridge, bro. That's your pony way. When you're riding your bike towards Hamilton and you just see a sign saying now leaving Cambridge. The one thing I'll give credit to Hamilton for, and Chelsea, please please chime in, is that yeah. um the admissions tutors there and, and people like that, they were always they were always open to the fact that they tried to be an open college in terms of the people that they were getting yeah. from other colleges, which I probably shouldn't name anyway, but name you know, them. <laughs> all right, fine. Let's name them in it. So other colleges <laughs> will often just assess students on their ability. Yeah. Nothing else considered. So nothing else in terms of what school did you come from? All of, They don't consider all of these other things. It's mm. just, we want these kind of students. Duh, 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 duh. Mm-hmm. Some of them that we perceive them to be would be like the Johns, the Trinities. But some people House, would argue duh, 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 duh. that, some people would argue, and I, I'm not one of those yeah, people, yeah. but some people would argue that that's what they should be looking at. Just academic ability. Yeah, but you need to, con- you need to contextualize the thing. This is what I wanted so, you to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to. So, for example, like I went to when I was at my secondary school, I I say I only, but in a Cambridge, I only got five A stars and six A's only. But only? my school, but hold on, no, no, no. But for some other colleges, no, like that's not yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. But for, you know, mm. my school when I left. Uh, 5A to C's including maths and English was 23%. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so contextual, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. I think yeah. it almost looks like some colleges yeah. don't, some colleges do. Of course, yeah. So that was why I applied to Homerton. Yeah. One of the reasons. And also because my mum was like, yeah, I know a couple of um, people that went to Homerton, they said it was quite cool. Mm. So that's yeah. why I played, and I like the name as well. I'm from East London, so I was like, "Yo, this is Homerton, isn't it? Homerton B." You get me? General Zoff. You were just hoping there was like a Homerton College. But, so, oh God, no, you go, man. I was gonna ask. So, yeah, um, what is the bridge like now? Because obviously, mm. we we 
Yeah, we're, we're long from since departed yeah. now. Yeah, what's yeah. Homerton life as well? Like, what's that? What's that saying? <sighs> I don't think Homerton's changed that much. Yeah, but in a good way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, structurally, there's a lot of new developments. We've got a new dining hall actually. Yeah, I saw that. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. which is actually really nice. But in terms of <laughs> <laughs> some <laughs> sorry, private conversation. Um, but in terms of Cambridge, like, it's not. Nothing's changed, and I don't know if that's a good thing, if that's a bad thing. Mm. Nightlife is still bad, <laughs> like very. Wait, nothing has changed. Yeah, where the cities and that? Yeah, Cindy's. Fleet Friday? Did you have Fleet Friday? No, nah, we had Bellari. Switch on Bellari. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah, there's a new night now. Where Fleet, is it? Fleet Friday at Cindy's. Oh, so that's probably so they still call it in. Yeah, 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 yeah they yeah. just changed the name. Because on um, Friday it's called Bellari, right? They gave it yeah. the actual name. No, yeah. I think Bellari is actually the name of the club. Yeah, that's yeah. Bellari is the name of the club. Cambridge people call it Cindy's. Yeah, so the town name for it is Bellari, the actual name. And then, yeah, the gown name for it is Cindy's because it used to be called Cindy's. Really? Yeah. But I mean, apart from that, I do think it's. It's an exciting time for Cambridge, mm. just mm. as in, mm. I mean, you have the Stormzy Scholarship. Mm. Well, I guess we'll probably talk about that a bit later mm. as well. Yeah. But just in terms of like the student union as well, yeah. they're doing a lot to just kind of push this whole idea of inclusivity, mm. which mm. I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but in a way that's bridging the gap between, you know, directors of the kind of board, the vice chancellors of Cambridge and okay. the students, because mm. I think there's a big disconnect there. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So it's, it's student-led, but it's like they're involving the kind of the higher-ups, the authorities. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. cool. What was your experience like um, being part of the ACS committee? Mm. Because um, I was part of the committee, I think, what, 2012? Um, 2012 to 2013. Yeah. And just kind of like looking through social media, Facebook, mm. you guys seem super, super active. Yeah. And I just contrast it to our time there. It was not to say that we weren't putting in work, but like it just looks yeah. like you guys yeah, are just taking yeah. it next step further. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so what was that? Like, no, it was good. When I first, it was literally my first day in Cambridge. Can I just say, for those that don't know what ACS means, because often we talk about the ACS and people are like, what does ACS stand for? It's the African Caribbean Society. With a silent C. Yeah. We'll talk about that one day, innit? but <laughs> no, not today. Not, Balao, no, not don't be combative today or combative. I don't know which <laughs> one it is. I'm, I'm just throwing combative. it out there, man. I'm just but throwing yeah. it out there. So, <laughs> so, what Craig Kuhn talks about is the African Caribbean Society. One day we'll talk about the silent sea in ACS because it is kind of Today is not that day. Chelsea, tell us about the ACS. Um, so yeah, on my first day, I don't know if you guys know Nissy. Yeah. So she went to Homerton. Yeah. I tried to reach out to her once actually, but really? she didn't reach out to to ask her. If, Ouch. A cousin of mine. I'm gonna say it now in it, but a cousin of mine was doing a dissertation, and reached oh. out to some ACS people. So I tried to reach out and say, "Oh, I'm a Homerton alumna as well." Maybe she was busy, but she didn't respond in it. But we just putting everyone. Sure. Larger her in it. Larger her though in it. So. I'm sure it's not a storm. No, 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 no it's not beef. So of course it's not beef in it. She's she, like you've seen her doing her channel on YouTube yeah. and these things. She's probably yeah. mad busy in it. Yeah. But you think that. Alumni would respond to alumni in it, but anyway, please carry on. Thomas, anyway, Thomas, just saying, just Uncle saying, Tom. just saying. Uh, Uncle yeah, Prime, it? relax, she, um, relax <laughs> that one, blood. Yes, Chelsea. She yeah. grabbed, she grabbed me on like literally the first day that I got there and was like, "Yeah, come to ACS, come to ACS." So that was like my first interaction with ACS and mm-hmm. what it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in my final year, that was when I became vice president and mm-hmm. ORA. So the girl I'm writing the book with, she was president. Um, and I think again. This links into the whole idea of Cambridge being in this really exciting place where students are kind of leading this movement. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to do our bit for, for it. Mm. So we, before we were actually on the committee, so in the summer before our final year, mm-hmm. we did the Black Men of Cambridge yeah. campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that Yeah, well. so Ora took the actually, photo tell us that. a bit more about Yeah, that. yeah, sure. Um, so it was off the back of the um, Yale 
um, men who yeah. basically took a photo yeah, and yeah. It, that went viral on Twitter. So yeah. we were basically trying to kind of ride that wave and show that actually, look, there's also this thing happening in Cambridge as well. So we, well, or I took this photo and it just absolutely it blew. kicked off. One of my it young blew. bucks, I won't name him, but one of my young bucks said he got so many DMs. He was in that picture. Really? We talk about this offline, but he got, he got so many DMs from the picture. It's like, oh, right, you go Cambridge. And he doesn't really talk about it on his uh, yeah, social media. Yeah. But he told me he got so many DMs Jeez, that day. Wow. I'm not going to hurt him up <laughs> yeah, in it because yeah. there's a lot of guys there in it. And I know a couple of them, but one of my young bucks in particular, right, he told yeah. me, yeah, people wasn't, reached out to him. Wasn't man. there also like a women of Cambridge? Yeah, picture? so that happened after. So that was run by um, Tony, who right. is now the current ACS's president. Cool. Okay. So oh, nice. it was like a nice kind of flip over. But at the time, um, I remember it was me. I was just kind of flicking through the diversity statistics. Mm. And you know, when you sit down and you deep, like I, I actually could name Every single person. We discussed person. this. Mm. Yeah, we discussed yeah, this. we said this before. We discussed yeah. this. Yeah. We know every single person. Every single person. And in fact, when I first got there, um, all of the kind of black women of Cambridge, we were all in one group chat. And you know when you think, we go to That's a university. Yeah, a bit, a bit mad still. We're all in one mad. group chat. Anyway, oh, no. we basically just wanted to highlight visually yeah. what that looked like. Mm -hmm. How you could essentially fit, well, at least just under half of the black population in one year group, in one photo. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that was good. And then that kind of put us on a really good footing. And I think the university also noticed what we were doing as well. Mm. So it's interesting because you can look at it two ways where they wanted to keep an eye on it mm. as like a, a kind of silencing mechanism, like we're gonna tightly control this mm. or actually, the university want to engage a bit more. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was our experience with ACS throughout the whole of my final year. Can, um, can I just ask, because um, when when we were on the ACS committee, one of the things um, that was kind of an issue was that we weren't um, affiliated with the student union. Um, has any changes mm. sort of happened in that, in that regard? Uh, is, is the ACS officially recognized as a body of the university? Because when we were there, it, yeah. it, was, it wasn't part of the student union, was it? But aren't a lot of societies A lot of societies are not, yeah. So separate yeah. from... Whenever it pertained to things to do with like black identity in Cambridge, mm. people were often directed to the Black Students Campaign, which okay. I personally had an issue with because their politics was, um, what's it called? Being politically black. So you're a black student if you're a black minority ethnic. Doesn't, mm. You didn't actually have to be black. You could be Asian, but still be considered a black student. So in terms of actually reaching out to black students, we were the, the best body for it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we yeah, people sure. weren't directed yeah. to us first. They were yeah, yeah. directed to the black students' yeah. campaign. So has that changed at all or is that it hasn't changed. It's just um like you said, and you you will have like the women's campaign affiliated with the students' union. Mm. Now it's not necessarily the the kind of black campaign, but BME. Yeah. Mm. Um mm -hmm. so again, if you identify um, under the term BME, mm. you will then be affiliated with, with that campaign. Um, but I think kind of the smaller cultural yeah. societies, the mm. ACSs and stuff, they mm. just do their own independent yeah. thing, yeah. but are still kind of recognized by the university. So Freshers yeah. Week or mm -hmm. they're on the um, society's directory and right. things like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. There's always been this, sorry, there's always been this kind of separation between not church and state as it were, mm. but between the central body that is Cambridge and yeah. the kind of 
student unions around that and other societies. Yeah. Other yeah. unis don't have this. I remember going to like this one years ago, there was like an ACS conference. Somebody tried to organize like a centralized conference for every single ACS in the UK. Mm. And we had this discussion and some, some uni said, yep, yeah, we're part of the student body. Others said, no, there's a lot of decentralization. So there is this disconnect, mm. which is, it's a good thing because you can do your own thing and you have your own autonomy. Yeah. Like it's easy to do that without, mm. you know, running campaigns and stuff without anyone trying to control it until at least it's done afterwards because no one knows. Mm. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it'd be nice to have a bit more of a connection between the body. But anyway. So. Yeah. I want us to like, obviously we're focused on Cambridge because that's where you went and that's cool. Yeah. But I want us to think about um, loads of our lessons don't go to that union as mm -hmm. wicked. And why was this so important to you? Because you've talked a lot about like, you yeah. know, starting a movement and diversity and mm. trying to get that recognised. Why was that important? Yeah, I think especially the kind of focus on Oxbridge, I think does give an excuse for other universities to just slip under the radar mm. when we're talking about diversity and inclusivity. Mm. Um, so one thing mm. I will emphasize about the book as well is that taking up space isn't just about Orionai's experience at Cambridge. We've spoken to over, I think over 15 um, different girls who have gone to universities across the country. Mm -hmm. And I think it, what I really understood when I got to Cambridge, again, that's the only experience I know, mm -hmm. was that um, when you're there, you're not just a student. You have that luxury taken away from you. You're a black student mm. who has to, you know, fight for, well, especially in an institution like Cambridge, sometimes you have to fight for your rights. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to defend your corner, mm -hmm. which is sad because, you know, who wants to go to university and do that? You want to have a good time. You yeah. want to meet new people. You want to learn new things. But there's an added layer of actually a lot of these people here don't really value um, my identity and what, you know, can, my can opinion. You, um, um, before I, I don't know, maybe moving this conversation, I don't want to move mm. it on as such, but yeah. like, can you um, talk about some, yeah, maybe some of the negative examples that you've alluded to. Mm -hmm. And then can you also talk about, I guess, the impetus that led to you and Ore kind of doing the the book and what was kind of the, the light bulb moment yeah. as such. Yeah. So yeah, um, So I'd say me personally, I've been quite fortunate in the sense that I haven't had anything overt. So in terms of like overt racism and things like that, but I've had, you know, the very typical people coming up to me and touching my hair and, mm. you know, asking me, can I dance? Like just the very, Kind on, of, like actually like come up to you like can you dance right now like, can i dance right now <laughs> on the spot yes. wow <laughs> dance on the spot bro, tap dancing yeah yeah i think that's that's verging on overt racism yeah. bro, asking, asking someone to tap dance yeah. come on like and you this know is what that. i mean like <laughs> it's, a bit it's so funny you say that as well because i feel i don't know you know when these things happen so much that they become normalized in your head yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. and it's almost normalized to the extent that it's now a microaggression yeah, yeah. does does that kind of make sense yeah. 100 yeah. man. so like Anyone else might be like, this is ridiculous. Why are you doing that? In my head, it's like, somebody literally did this to me yeah, yesterday. This morning. Yeah, this yeah. morning. Mm -hmm. um, people asking me if I went to ARU instead of oh Cambridge. Oh, yeah. Like, quick anecdote, yeah. So I actually had a login to the computers at ARU because I used yeah. to spend so much time there because I was trying to escape Cambridge. Um, me and Michael used to go and hang out there really? so much. I actually got thing a is, shout out yeah. ARU, man. Like, yeah. like yeah. there's no shade man. at all. Yeah. Um, ARU is um, Anglia Ruskin University. They're also, they're based in Cambridge and also I think they're in... Um, Peterborough as well. Peterborough. I, yeah. I found yeah. it and, as a safe uh, space. Chelmsford yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. I think Colchester. Colchester, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so... 
they share the city of Cambridge with. Actually, when you get off the the, the train at Cambridge Cambridge Station, it says "Welcome to Cambridge, home of Anglo Ruskin University," yeah. which I quite like. I thought that's pretty cool. But like the thing of asking a Cambridge student, whether or assuming that a black student in Cambridge goes to ARU, like no shade to ARU at all. But like when people do that, it's like implying that you know you, you couldn't you couldn't ever insult. really get into it's Cambridge. An mm-hmm. yeah. It is insulting. Mm-hmm. Um, even like asking if you're visiting a friend from or whether you're, yeah, are, are you are you are you here from lot? London with your with your friend? Yeah. Like no, no I study here. Study here, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. A lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> don't worry, <laughs> most people don't. Um but yeah, like I, I feel like some of our listeners as well would say, you know, like someone trying to touch your hair or mm. someone asking you to dance, it's not really that serious, it's not that deep, but I don't know, maybe you can explain to us, you know, why is that deep? Why yeah. is that serious? I mean, for me personally, I see it as it's immediate othering. Like, and you're, cro- you're, you're encroaching on someone's personal space yeah. as well. Like, For a start, but yeah, to, like, yeah. could you kind of explain to, how that made you feel and why mm-hmm. that made you feel uncomfortable and yeah. why that isn't okay? No, I completely agree. It is a form of othering, mm. especially when you're in an environment where no one looks like you. Mm. Yeah. Just that one action alone is just emphasizing that fact. Mm. Like to wake up every single day and have to having to walk into different rooms where, you know, immediately people have preconceptions of what, you know, what you believe, what you um, talk like, what you sound like, the mm. food that you eat mm-hmm. without you even like saying a word. Mm, yeah. That to me is that that deep conditioning, which, which is scary. Mm. So yeah, I think, not only you touching my hair, like why you touching my hair? Mm-hmm. It's like my personal space, but also, you know, think about how that makes me feel as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was one time as well, I was locking up my bike outside, um, I think it was um, Corpus Christi College, some, something like that. Mm. And um, this isn't necessarily like university related as in the students, but I had a group of tourists come up to me. Um, and as I was locking up my bike and I looked up, I was literally in the middle of this photograph wow. with tourists on both sides of me <laughs> taking photos. Nuts. And then um, both the people to my left and my right grabbed my braids and were holding them up. Oh, wow. As like, oh, a tr- as like a trophy. And I was standing in this photo wow. and I didn't know what to do. And this is the thing, I can sit here now and I can be like, you know, don't touch my hair, it's horrible. Mm. But in that moment, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. You're just shocked. shocked. Yeah, hundred percent. I didn't know what to do. You know what this makes me think of. You know, like I don't know if this, if this has ever happened to any of you lot. Yeah, but I compare it to like let's say you're standing by a crossing, and some car or truck comes by and splashes water on you, deliberately yeah. doing it. Yeah. Mm. You don't know what to do in that second. Yeah. You can't. You, you can't, can't. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, 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 just... someone a couple of months ago threw an egg at me on my coat once. Actually, I had a really yeah. long day at work. It threw at me, and I was just like. I didn't know, what, did I, do I run? Do I stand? What do I actually mm-hmm. do? I just had to walk home and I'm not going to lie, I did cry a little bit because yeah. I had yeah. a long time. But These kind of like violations, mm. was that what gave you the motivation for this book? Yeah. Um, and I think it's also the fact that this isn't new. Mm. So mm. Ora and I have been really fortunate to be, to, we've been given this platform to talk about these things. And it's not just to talk about the, kind of campaigns and what we've been doing at university but to show that there have been black mm. students especially mm. black women as well mm. who have been doing this for a long time like mm. a ve- way before us a mm. very long time mm. um like there is one girl we interviewed she's been going up and down the country giving workshops um another girl again 
workshops up and down the country and you realize what I was saying you're not just a student you have to you you almost feel the burden to educate people so no mm. one else will have to go through go that through. I would hate for somebody to have to you know stand there and let somebody touch their hair yeah. it's really interesting like sorry to cut you off mm. um obviously our podcast is a group of four guys yeah so a lot of the experiences we talk about are as men very mm. as men yeah. um and the book specifically is going to be addressing your experience as a black woman in Cambridge. Yeah. So um, why do you think it was important to specify the experience of being a black woman and how yeah. do you think that might um, contrast to um, the experience that we as black men might have faced there? That's mm-hmm. a good question. Man. When we were at Cambridge, we had a lot of problems with black men. I'll be completely honest. Um, right down to the fact there was actually one um, boy I won't say his name. He um, released a rap freestyle, basically saying, you know, why does everybody complain about Cambridge saying that it's so bad? I've had a good time. It's fine. You guys don't remember this? I remember this. So we've had, yeah, Yeah, have a a listen. (laughs) So we've had a lot of experiences where black men in particular have tried to deny what, what we go through as black women. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we'll talk about this in the book, but yeah. it's very easy for black men at Cambridge as well to dive into this, not necessarily dive, but assimilate into this whole idea of being the cool black friend yeah. who um, is fine. The black girls love him. The white girls love him. Yeah. It's, it's it's very easy. That's, that's just my experience and from what I found. I feel like... A lot of the time, like when it comes to like assimilation for black men at university, it's mm. it's easier in a sense to slip into the whole kind of that kind of toxic Cambridge culture, mm. um, because of things like sport. Like as black men, like our, our bodies are like very like they're fetishized or whatever by both men, white men and white women. Like let's just be real about yeah, it. Like sports, mm. as soon yeah. as, as soon as yeah. you like you know go to tryouts, hard you know that lads. Yeah, he'll probably play on the wing or up front because yeah. he's, yeah, yeah. he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's fast, isn't it? So, like, very often, I see, like, when we, were at, when we were at Cambridge, the people that I saw that kind of, like, slipped into that culture of, you know, the drinking societies and yeah. all that kind of, that kind of, for me, which is quite an ugly side of Cambridge, a lot of it, like, the access was via sport. Yeah, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't a fan of drinking societies in Cambridge. I remember mm. I got invited, like... Even at Homerton, which is even a nice college, I found like some of the drinking society culture. I don't think it's just, like epics and blags and Horrible. what's the girls' ones called? I can't tea birds or something. Tea birds like or something. Yeah, so yeah. I remember getting invited um, to this thing with the epics one time because there was one guy who went to my sick form. He said, "I'll oh, come through, come through." Mm. And then he said, "Ah," oh, and he said, "Because you're going to be an epic." And I, I hear that the Homerton drinking societies they 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 get around in it. They get a good reputation that's been built, passed down generation to generation. And they said, ah, oh, one guy said to me, it's this, it's this white guy who said to me, you know, because you're, you're deemed as an epic and also because you're black, you, prob- you can probably get any girl to suck you off. That's what he said. And then when I thought that, you know, I said to myself, I'm God be my witness, I said, you know what, yeah. I said, my mom ain't taught me to do this, you know, yeah. so I, I didn't do it again. And more time, if I didn't hear that, and it was like, we're here to have a good time, meet people. Because the, the meeting was cool. Mm. I met some, I think it was with some girls in... Churchill, I think it was cool. It was actually, I met a vet, and so it was very cool. Yeah. But because of that, I was like, I'm not on that. Now that's my own experience, and everyone's experience would be different. But I was like, yeah. rah, so, mum ain't raised no so fool got this, here. So. We got this difference between like the way black men and black women were mm. treated, and also like the way they treat each other yeah. at uni, right? Mm. Can I ask, like, how did that play into the idea of two of you 
co-writing a book together because that must be hard yeah. anyway i heard you answer this the other day actually so <laughs> yeah. but I want, to, I want you to answer on here as well talk yeah. about like what it was like to mm. write that together and also like how did that play into having two women writing a book together? yeah um so i think even now when you see aura and i together and it seems really harmonious and we're like two peas in a pod i think we've got completely different experiences of Cambridge I think especially in our first year so she's coming from she went to this really nice private school in Surrey in the hills all girls Catholic school mm. like I said at the beginning of this I went to state school working class council estate um, so when we first got to Cambridge it was I think weird in the sense how we gelled as such mm. um, but I think my experience kind of taught me that you know, being black at Cambridge isn't synonymous with being working class. Mm -hmm. So I think there's this understanding that, oh, if you're black, mm. one, you know, immediately people kind of pity you when you're when you're there. Like, oh, you're black. That probably means that you're working class, you're disadvantaged, you're mm -hmm. this, you're that. You have all of these disadvantages. Mm -hmm. But what I realized was that a l most of my best friends had been to the best private schools in the country. Um, and it was actually me. I was the only one who was like working class in its kind of definitive sense and went to a state school. Mm -hmm. um, so I think now we, we've kind of joined together in this book um, because we realized kind of despite those differences, we did have quite a similar experience mm -hmm. at Cambridge. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was almost like us both being black leveled out that playing field, yeah. which was, I think, really interesting. It's quite telling that. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. I think, mm. again, I don't know, maybe as we've left now, I don't know if that divide is gonna but open back just, up. Can mm. I ask you though, do mm. you think, um, coming from like a working class background, do you think that's given you some kind of chip in shoulder, chip on your shoulder for life? And mm. I don't mean like, ah, oh, the world's against me, but do you yeah. think it's kind of giving you something that you, because I feel this sometimes at work, I feel mm -hmm. like, I've been told this plenty of times, like you work like you have a chip in your shoulder. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. I've got two chips in my shoulders to prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? But do you have that kind of feeling sometimes going forwards and stuff? Yeah, I think I have. And I think it's interesting because part of me is trying to unlearn that a mm. bit. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember I went through like, I won't say, say it's a dark phase, but I remember in my second year, mm. it was like a very big chip <laughs> on my shoulder where it was anyone who went to private school, anyone who had any sort of privilege. Mm. I just always thought that, you know, like, why you over me? Mm. That, that yeah, like, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, deep yeah, yeah. internal yeah, hate. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm not, like, let's be realistic. I'm not going to get anywhere if I have this mentality. Like, it's good to be critical. It's good to have these ideas. But mm. in terms of me moving forward and being very comfortable within myself and mm -hmm. needed to, like, unlearn Mm. some of those things mm. um just as in like the theory just doesn't reflect onto reality mm. that that yeah. was just how I and then how, how did you get in the process of unlearning that or kind of it almost sounds like healing how did yeah. you how did you how did you heal and how are you because i mean it's, i imagine it's a continuous process so mm -hmm. how are you still healing and yeah. what are you doing to help you with that i think it was just educating myself mm. um and i think it works both ways like mm. i can't be screaming and shouting about how I want you to learn about black issues. I want you to learn about what it was like for me to be working class without not really understanding where that other person has come from. Mm. Even if that is coming from a place of privilege, mm. it's a two way relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, that relationship starts with two people essentially. Mm. Um, but for me, yeah, like I had a friend, so he went to private school, but then I learned a lot about 
him, just this is just an isolated example, but mm. he, for example, got a scholarship. Um, his mum and dad had worked two jobs to save up money for him to, you know, get the means so that he could go to private school. Mm -hmm. So it was just all of those, like everybody has different circumstances and mm -hmm. I can't sit here and be like, oh, you go to private school. Let me just, we can't relate. Let yeah. me just brush you off. Like mm -hmm. there are different, different types of people with different mm -hmm. situations. And it's interesting because people must look at you now and mm -hmm. be like, Rah, you went Cambridge. You're about to be a lawyer. <laughs> You've got a book. You're an author and like still working class yeah that's a bit mad I, it's interesting i i don't know if it's a it's, if it's an issue with how we define working class is it you know do we look at it as a financial mm. kind of category status mm. or is it again is it the types of people that you're exposed like to the links is yeah, yeah cultural yeah. capital um it's mm. a complicated one and mm. i don't know does it ultimately boil down to how I identify myself? Because yeah. I would still say, despite all of that, I would still identify as working class. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did a whole episode on this. Yeah. And yeah. It was just like, it was an hour long chat and we still yeah. didn't really yeah. get anywhere. I don't know. Yeah. But do you feel that Cambridge and the experiences that it's brought to you and the education mm -hmm. it's given you has kind of elevated you class-wise in any sense? Do you feel that or, or not? I think I do feel that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think again the way i've always kind of view cl viewed class was from my parents kind of background and mm. their beginnings so they came from ghana in the 1970s and they came here my dad's retired now but my mum's a nurse um and yeah they've always had like very kind of menial jobs or like working mm. for the state that 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 sort of thing mm. um but yeah i think and again i think this is why i approached cambridge as oh my God, it's Cambridge. Because for them, it was, my daughter got into Cambridge, mm. you know, this is like the pinnacle of education. Mm. So it was almost that naivety on my side that, oh, this is everything that my parents had dreamed for. So this is everything that I've dreamed for. Mm. I'm going to get there and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be the pinnacle of education. Mm. And you realize that you're, you're just not critical of it at all mm. because this is what your parents mm. have always wanted. Like this, this must be an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of like Cambridge kind of elevating that, you know, level of class or status of class, I think it has, mm. um, if I'm being entirely honest. Mm. Yeah. Can I ask, can a somewhat, is a bit of a departure from what we've been mm. talking about, maybe more so towards the practical elements of writing a book. So. Mm. You have your, you had your exams. You had like your just your day to day kind of yeah. life, like and applying for jobs and work kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. How did you actually go about writing? Like, is it something that you started while studying, mm -hmm. or something that you did post graduation? How yeah. So post graduation, um, after we kind of sorted out the details with Penguin and um, Murky Imprint, we yeah have just started writing. I think it hasn't, what surprised me as well, it hasn't been like a, I'm going to write a thousand words a day. Mm. I've got these goals. I've got these deadlines. I've had to sit down and think, what was my university experience like? Mm -hmm. And you know, when you have to really break it down and I'm remembering things that I'm so shocked I could it's even remember. Right? It's mm. really like, it's really triggering it, but at the same time, like a very therapeutic experience. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I remember this one detail, I was sitting on my bed and outside my room, um, a group of um, girls and guys were having this conversation about how much money they had spent mm. in um, the month. And this girl was like, oh, I spent about like 600 pounds this month. And I was like, 600 pounds? 
I live off about like 200 pounds a month. But then, and then the other person joked, oh, it's, it's because you've been going to brunch too much. And you know, when you sit down and you that's think- That's Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Can't relate. Brunch. I can't relate. I can't relate. But also like, how am I even remembering this? And yeah. it's little, as I'm writing, it's little triggers that kind yeah. of, you know, prick my brain. And it's, you know, oh, do you remember when this happened? Do you remember when that happened? Mm. Um, but yeah, in terms of the writing, it's literally just been, I sit down, Wow. I'll just I'll just write and it mm. kind of all comes out. Mm. Um, but it's, it's like, nice, it's, it's authentic. Process. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But let's, like let's actually take a step back actually because mm. this has been, I guess, assumed, right? You're writing a book yeah. under the murky label with Penguin mm. called Taking Up Space. Yeah. And it's you and Ori writing it together. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> what? It's so, it sounds so random. Like, um, so basically what happened was we were on holiday together after exams. And um, we got our results and like, we're really happy, everything like screaming, shouting. Um, and then my sister called and she was like, oh, you know, congratulations. Well done on your exams. You guys should write a book. And we were both like a book. We've literally just graduated from Cambridge. Like the last thing we wanted to do was write. Mm. So then we, I don't know. I think we considered it. We were like, okay, you know, this could be, this could actually be a good thing. Mm -hmm. There's a platform. Um, but previously, Aura had written this article called A Letter to My Fresher Self, mm -hmm. um, which mm -hmm. was just about, yeah, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. about um, just being a black woman at Cambridge. Yeah, mm -hmm. and just what it was like. And it covered a lot of issues, but I think it resonated with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. She got many messages, parents, students, mm -hmm. Professors. Can I just everything. say shout out Ari because the way she put Kay Burley on smoke, yeah. you know that, that Sky interview. She said she's I don't know. Coming for a job. Bro, she put Kay Burley is like she's she's quite often BBC is quite a contentious interview. Yeah. Sometimes she yeah. come across quite funny and stuff, and yeah, such mm. is life with Sky News. Anyway, but the point being is, I think <laughs> Kay asks um, Ari. So you know, what's the plan in the end? Because she's in Colombia. She's yeah. in Colombia right Columbia now journalism doing journalism, school. which is solid. It's amazing in itself. Columbia University, right in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not, not uh, in Colombia. Not in Colombia. <laughs> but yeah. In thank you. And um, she was like, "Yeah." Kay Burley was like, "So what do you want to do?" Well, okay, I might just come for your job. <laughs> and on the screen, she was like, Rawr! And I heard it. I was like, "Energy." I had to sit tea when I heard it. I was like, "Yeah, she, That's she strong energy. smoke Ooh. blood smoke." I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure half the population wow. would love her to displace Kay Burley's job anyway. <laughs> but yeah, nah, please carry on. But yeah, so after that, um, so she wrote that article, and then we heard that the murky kind of imprint was dropping. Mm -hmm. We were like this is perfect. Like mm. if we were gonna, you know, publish a book under anything, you would want it to be murky. I mean, mm. he is essentially making history mm. and it would be, it would be amazing to have our name under that. Mm. Um, so then we had to kind of go through all the details. So, you know, like write a proposal, find an agent. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we literally just submitted it and wow. we were really fortunate enough that like, Penguin ag agreed as much as Murky kind of agreed because mm -hmm. it's a very kind of collaborative decision. Yeah. Um, and then just since then, the ball has been rolling. Because you've been doing bits lately, man. Yeah. Like, Mad. <laughs> Jonathan Ross. Jonathan Wass. Jonathan Wass. Jonathan Wass. Wassy. Sold out Barbican Centre yeah. this week. Mad. Like so with, you, with mad. what? A Carla, Mallory Blackman, Benjamin Zephaniah, Stormzy. I say I love Mallory Blackman. Mad. That's yeah. like everybody's auntie. Right? Yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah, I called yeah. her auntie. I yeah. love yeah. her. You have to, man. <laughs> yeah. You have to. Before we, we started recording today, when you was walking up from the station, you were telling me like what it was like, obviously yeah. the whole thing before appearing on Jonathan Ross. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell the guys like what it was like? and? Yeah. Well, okay. felt like a celeb. I like a celeb. <laughs> <laughs> so I got home 
And I got a text that was like, you know, your Mercedes Benz is outside waiting for you to pick you up. Right. To take you to the, <laughs> take you to the television So you were chauffeur center. driven? Chauffeur driven. Definitely an S-Class. Yeah. 100% S-Class. I think it was. I think it was. See, that's the chauffeur yeah. driven Benz right there. You know? <laughs> got got to the television center. Um, and then... Literally jumped out of the car. Mm. Somebody took my bag. Did they open the door for you as well? No, you need to describe it more for the listeners, man. Come on, man. (laughs) Open the door. There were two doors. Open the car door, then open the back entrance. Mad. I'm I'm too famous to go through the front. Mad. (laughs) (laughs) Open the back entrance. um, And then I had like my own personal runner guy. I know. Who was, um, he was like, oh, what food would you like? We can order you anything. Silly me, I said, can you get me Nando's chips? <laughs> That's great. She kept it real, man. No, you kept it 100, kept it man. Can you get me Nando's chips? Salute, salute. Got me man. Nando's chips, showed me to my dressing room. And then he was like, okay, they're ready for you in hair and makeup. Ah. Went upstairs to hair and makeup. Somebody ran in, was like, oh, would you like anything to drink? Because, so, you know, when you're watching the show and when everyone's sitting on the couch and you've got oh, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah glass of wine or whatever. Um, so got myself a white wine. So they fil- are they, they're filming you in the green room, right? Before yeah, you go on. So the whole time. Yeah, so yeah. You, you've got to look glamorous in there as well. Yeah. Okay, okay. Cool. Are they filming you in the green room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, do. Yeah. they often go back to oh, the, yeah. back. the green room. Yeah. Mm. Um, Tell me about hair and makeup. Yeah, did they, they right? have the right shade of makeup? Mm. Did they use hot chocolate? Oh yeah. Did you, did you hear about that story this week? What? Yeah, what? there was a makeup artist. Um, BBC. She, I can't, was it BBC, BBC one? Was yeah, so she, um, she was doing the makeup for a black woman yeah. and she didn't obviously didn't have, have the right shade. Yeah. Did they so have... So they used yeah. hot chocolate. You're no word of a lie. Yeah, have, have, research yeah. it after this. So I want to know, was, were the yeah, provisions tell, adequate? Was it from Fenty? Was it... Who was it? <laughs> just, you know what? You and Fenty, man. <laughs> Bruh, man. It's a long story, but let's, let's... Do you know what? I can't complain. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. She yeah. had like a wide... I, I don't know if they knew I was coming, but she had like a wide selection and okay. different like shades and ranges. Well, that's good which was good. Mm-hmm. I couldn't complain. Um, what did they do for your hair? My hair was fine. Yeah. Because I've got these. I mean, obviously no one can see me now, Swim, but yeah, braids, long so. braids. Um, so I just Bleaky kind of pushed it that- to the side. Thanks. Ages is late. Ages is late. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that was fine. Mm. She did my eyebrows a bit thin, but I can't complain. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then someone came and steamed my dress. And then, yeah, I went on the Jonathan Ross show, wow, which mad. was just insane. So what, really, how were your nerves in that? Was it? I was very nervous. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of your listeners watched, but I, I don't think I looked nervous, but inside I was like shaking. I was very <laughs> nervous. Wow. No, you came across um, well still. Yeah, so. tell us good. about the Barbican this week. Mm. Well. Yeah. Barbican was so much fun. And I think in the run up to it, I was just really excited. Mm-hmm. I was really excited to just have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like Mallory Blackman, Akala. Mm-hmm. Auntie, like, uncle, uncle. <laughs> literal aunties and uncles. I was, and that's the thing, as I was sitting on the panel, I felt like I was in the audience with everyone. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was on a panel. I was, I was sitting there and I was, I felt like I, you know, I wanted to take notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so much fun. Wow. So really for the, good. For the listeners that aren't fully familiar with what happened at the barbecue, yeah. what exactly was the event? It mm. was a panel. Yeah. So um, it was essentially a Murky Books live launch, which mm-hmm. was just celebrating everything that is Murky Books, really. Mm. So there was um, spoken word, 
um, poems, Jude, so the co-author of um, Stormzy's book, Rise Up, he mm. did a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically just read one of the introductions to the chapter. Um, and then, yeah, there was this panel with, which was very intergenerational as well, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, I just think we all got to learn mm. a lot from each other. And then right at the end, Akala did this kind of one-on-one session with Stormzy, which was really cool. Yeah. But yeah, I think the event just went really well and was very smooth. What was your biggest take from it? Like, what was the mm. biggest thing that you learned, do you think, from yeah. the, from the Um, I think it would just be to... I think what Mallory Blackman said about, you know, being true to yourself. I know that sounds very kind of simple, mm-hmm. But coming from somebody like her, and I think when we spoke to her backstage as well, Mm. she was talking a lot about, she had um, a lot of people kind of say to her just before Noughts and Crosses came out, Mm. you know, this isn't really going to sell. This isn't (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) And she's here now, like, this isn't going to sell. You know, do you like really know the market? What Mm. she was saying a lot about (laughs) teenagers and, you know. um, And I think, yeah, just... Just those words coming from her was really important. (laughs) And you know, when you have a statement, everybody kind of throws it around, but she said it and it was like, wow, like I I actually understand. Mm -hmm. Like this is like really kind of grounded in my head now. Mm -hmm. Being true to yourself. And I think just with Aura and I kind of going forward with Penguin, Mm. um, I think that's going to be really important. Like it's amazing. You've got Murky, but also like let's remember the book isn't just the writing process. It's the pub. Well, obviously Penguin as the publishers, but it's the artwork. Mm-hmm. It's the editing. Mm-hmm. Like how diverse are those kind of back doors behind yeah. the scenes? Because mm-hmm. that that's all going to contribute to the book as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. the final product. Mm. We've got about two minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> so in those two minutes, tell us like what can we expect from this book? Mm. Um, and like anything, any last words that you've got for yeah. younger listeners, older listeners on like the next steps forward. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm most excited about with this book is that it's going to be a critical discussion, mm-hmm. um, but a discussion that is accessible. Mm-hmm. I think what freaked me out a bit at Cambridge and especially my first year when I was testing the waters was that everybody had this huge vocabulary. They knew about these like theories, discourse and everything. And I think that scared me off a little bit until Mm. I was confident enough to know that I could also understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, But kind of looking at, you know, the the type of people that we're targeting for this book, we want this conversation to be be accessible, but Mm. also to be different to all of the conversations that we have on diversity and inclusion. Like Mm -hmm. they're a bit samey at Mm. the minute and having this kind of, you know, critical discussion about what it is like to be black Mm. at not just Cambridge, at other universities, Mm. um, but from a wide range of people as well. Mm. I think that will be really important and will just add something to Mm. this discussion. Mm -hmm. So sticking with this just quickly, Mm. um, you mentioned obviously like you were quite disappointed with how uh, a lot of your black male peers behaved at Cambridge. Yeah. Um, Is that something that you touch on in the book? Mm -hmm. And like, I'm assuming that that is Mm. something that you really want to get across. And I think... I'm sure our listeners would like to hear a bit yeah, about please, that as well. Yeah, we need to learn this as well. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, Aura um, in her chapters especially, she talks about this a lot. Mm. Um, and to the point where you will hear about the experiences of other black women. Mm-hmm. And I think it will really resonate with everyone, no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. You could be white, black, anything. It will resonate. Um, but I think, again, we kind of want students mm. from all different backgrounds 
to also understand like, you know, if you do have that one black girl who goes to your university, this is something that she could potentially be mm -hmm. going through. Mm -hmm. um, and then this is what your, you know, position or your role mm -hmm. could potentially do to help sometimes to hinder what yep. you're doing to hinder yep. so but yeah i think that's where it is it's just a way to kind of educate people um but having a critical d discussion um mm. about higher education and university cool. and i'm sorry i just really want to just mm -hmm. quickly pick you off on something you said already had a chapter does that mean that you guys did separate chapters were yeah. there any chapters that you guys did together just mm -hmm. if you could quickly so answer that. um the chapters alternate. Mm -hmm. So Aura is writing chapters on like activism, academia, and I've got chapters on like mental health, um, access in terms of university. Mm. Um, and yeah, so the chapters alternate and then we will write the final chapter together. Nice. Wow. Cool. Nice. Look forward to reading that. Yeah. 100%, 100%, man. You know what? Like, you know what? I'm just sitting here like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like a fan. No, I'm excited. Yeah. It, yeah. Should so it should be good. When does it drop? Because I've got Rise Up already. So yes. tell us about... When, um... Yeah, so it will be available June 2019 um, and the pre-order link is um, basically everywhere. If you go on my Twitter <laughs> or... Are we, um, we going to get an audio book maybe? Maybe. Or maybe. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I've heard I've got a voice for radio. Maybe, maybe. I, I mean, I hope so. It'll be quite cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and follow Taking Up Space book on Instagram as well cool plug it yeah. we don't have plug to say it. plug it yeah because <laughs> you wanted to ask like what are the next sets so mm -hmm. i guess we'll do that and then at the end you can just plug all the different okay, handles that perfect. we need to be yeah. aware of so yeah, yeah. yeah so like what's what's next for, for you and and Ore, I guess. yeah so i've just started law school um and i'll be doing the gdl and the lpc and then after that i've got a training contract with a city law firm so that's my plan for now um and obviously with the book, which mm. I'm hoping will do really well yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, that's my plan. And I believe Aura is going into journalism and hopefully cool. will take Kay Burley's job as well. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's the plan. Sounds Where good. can our listeners find you, Chelsea? Mm -hmm. Yep. So you can follow me um, on Twitter at Chelsea Quatch or Instagram Chelsea Quatchy. Aura, the same full name, Aura Gumbi, and um, our book is at Taking Up Space Book on Instagram. Amazing. Wow, man. Wicked. I'm inspired, you know. This is, I love this is, Thank you so much. This is a great way sick, to man. end the season. Yeah. yeah. Thank you Black so much for coming on. Black Excellence Part yeah. 3. Um, the future's you, man. Like, you guys. When I went, I had the privilege of going to the Barbican and seeing you two on stage yeah. with someone like, I'm talking like my actual life idols yeah. and you guys are amazing. You like smashed Thank it. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, it I was just such know, good fun. Yeah, such good I can fun, imagine. Yeah. I just know the future's bright, man. Yeah. Um, Definitely, man. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's been a good season, I think. That's, oh my God, it's over, guys. Yes, yeah, season's over. Man. I'm a little bit sad. Yeah, I'm a little, a little bit, bit sad. sad. But we've ended on a wonderful high note. So thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, you so, 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 so much. much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Cool. So to our listeners, um, that is the end of season two of Over the Bridge <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Um, why, yeah, we will be back. We will be back in the new year. And yeah. we've got a few surprises um, which will drop. Keep an eye on our Twitter, which is at OTB Podcast UK. Send us an email which is otbpodcastuk at gmail.com. Get us on Insta, which is otbpodcastuk. 
And just keep in touch. We've got a few things to announce, and um, we're looking. We're forward. not going to announce any of them yet. Nah, take yeah. time. Let's take, take time. Take time. Take time. You're so eager. I can't wait. Uncle, you're uncle. an eager people. Your you uncle, me, take time. Uncle. Uncle. But there are some. <laughs> there's some cool announcements coming up. Yeah, man. I can't wait for you guys to find out about them. Yeah. So yeah, man. Take care. Enjoy yourselves, and we will speak to you next time. Godspeed. Yeah, take man. Hope you enjoyed season two. Peace out.